We turn on this second Sunday in Advent to 1 Peter chapter 1 on this Communion Sunday. 1 Peter, as you will, will recall, was written by the Apostle Peter during or around the time of the Neronian persecution to believers that were greatly persecuted for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though we will look at some of the surrounding context, we're reading two verses. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. We're dwelling this morning upon the theme of the precious blood of Christ. May the Lord bless the reading and exposition of his word is our prayer. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. This is the word of God. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. You might say this is an unusual text for this season of the year, but then when is there not a great time to dwell upon the precious blood? of Jesus, our Savior. And we're celebrating communion this morning together as a congregation. What better text before coming to the table of the Lord? But also even for this season of the year, because it answers the question for us, why did Christ come? Why did God become man? He came into this world in order that he might shed his blood so that we might be saved from our horrible sins. The cradle leads to the cross. So the first thing that we want to see is that Scripture represents blood as precious. That's first. Scripture represents blood as precious. Here in chapter 1, verse 19, we read of the precious blood of Christ. The word timios, precious, valuable, of great worth. Now, a survey of Scripture, had we the time, and I only mention a few examples, would help us to see that blood in the Bible is precious. When our first parent, Adam, fell and all of us fell with him in his first transgression, he and his wife, Eve, were clothed by God himself who slew animals, pointing us, of course, ultimately to the necessity of the shedding of blood to save us from our sins. What an awful thing when sin entered into the world and Cain slew Abel. Murder entered into the world. Blood was shed. And yet even that points to a greater shed blood for Hebrews 12, 24 tells us that it points to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. In Genesis 9, we are told by the Lord but you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. Whoever sheds the blood of man by man shall his blood be shed. And then, of course, we might think of that passage in 2 Samuel 23 when David cries out to his mighty men as he is desirous of retaking from the enemy forces Bethlehem that is under their control. Oh, that I had a drink from Bethlehem's well. And the three mighty men break through and they bring back to David at the cost of their very lives the water from Bethlehem's well. Do you remember how David responds? 
He poured it out to the Lord and said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of the men who went at risk of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. To drink that water would be to drink their sacrifice. It would be like drinking their blood. He offers it to the Lord because the life of the flesh is in the blood. Which brings to mind that passage in Leviticus 17, 11 that summarizes all of this for us. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by its life. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Ever since I was a boy, I've loved the comment of Andrew Bonner and his old commentary on Leviticus on this passage. Here is what he says. The grand reason for this jealousy in regard to the use of blood is the blood is the life. When poured out, it shows atonement, for it expresses the life taken. Thou shalt die. To you, sinner, what should be more tremendous than the sign of your own life taken? And to your God, O sinner, nothing is more solemnly glorious than the blood of his own Son. Earth and heaven stand still when blood is poured out. By the life is the atonement made. When the spear reached the heart of Jesus, the blood was poured out from the very seat of life. The heart and the pericardium were both pierced, and therefore the blood that then gushed forth with the liquid fluid of the pericardium was blood from the warm seat of vitality. And as such was the type, so the reality. Jesus did then pour forth his whole soul, affections, feelings, faculties, and every power of his soul. All were laid down in suffering obedience to his Father. The heat of wrath melted all, and all thus melted flowed forth in that wondrous stream. The law took its penalty out from the very source of life. What beauty found in that passage of Scripture and those comments by old Andrew Bonner. And so we find in Scripture that Scripture teaches us that blood is precious. The second thing we want to see is the price paid for our sins is the precious blood. Look again at verses 18 and 19. Knowing that you were ransomed from that feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. The price paid for our sins is the precious blood. Let's think about that price for a few moments. The price paid was not perishable things, it was not gold, it was not silver. This would ransom a slave from a master, but it would never have redeemed us from the slavery of our deep moral degradation, depravity, and sin. The price that was paid was the blood of Christ. All blood is precious, according to the Bible, but the blood of Christ is incomparably so. It is the blood of God. Ah, you say, God is a spirit and has not a body like men. God has no blood. Yes, what you say is true. But remember, even at this time of the year, we emphasize that God became man without ceasing to be God. And we read in Acts 20, 28, 
Paul the Apostle saying to the elders of Ephesus, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. What then is the answer to the pronoun, the antecedent to the pronoun, he, in this passage, it is God, it is the blood of God. Again, emphasizing the infinite value of the blood of Christ because the blood shed is the blood of the God-man. The price paid then was the blood of Christ. But the price that was shed also is blood that was planned. We are in verse 20 of 1 Peter 1 told, He was foreknown, that is predestined before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sake. This is love, eternal love, God's eternal plan, that the price and penalty of your sin be paid by the shed blood of Jesus. It was deliberately paid. The cross is no accident, but is planned by God to save his people. The price was paid also, we are told, by the spotless lamb. In verse 19, did you notice? But with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb, without blemish or without spot. Which is Peter's way of saying to us, as he does elsewhere in the book, that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the Passover sacrifice. We read in Hebrews 9.14, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The price that was paid also is the price that ransoms. That very word is used in verse 18, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. In this text, then, we are bought from, we are ransomed from those feudal ways that we inherited from our forefathers, all of that fruitless and sinful past we have been redeemed from. And he tells us in verse 14 of this verse, as obedient children do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. We have been redeemed from that, therefore do not live that way. And so as we think about the price that was paid, We see that the price was not perishable things. The price was the blood of Christ. The price that was planned, the price was paid by the spotless lamb, the price that ransomed, and the price that frees is not the blood of Christ, precious people of God. Now, I think as we see a text like this and we read about the precious blood of Christ... It invites us to think about how this passage fits all that Scripture might tell us about the precious blood of Christ. And so we're going to be here through the evening. No, we're not. But it would take it, would it not? And actually, it will take an eternity for us to exhaust this theme. But let's move to the third point, the blood of Christ. Why is it precious? The blood of Christ. Why is it precious? And let's think through the whole of Scripture for the answer to the question. First, the blood of Christ is precious because it satisfies God's just wrath against us for our sins. Does not Paul say in Romans 3.25, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood? 
That means a sacrifice that would satisfy the wrath of God and remove his just anger against us that the Father himself provided. There is no pardon if the punishment of sin is not fully endured. The punishment of sin must happen if we are to be saved from the wrath of God. You stand on scorched earth. You remember the illustration that you probably read in various places of those who sometimes, when they're in the midst of a great conflagration, a forest fire, actually burn before the fire arrives, burn a large segment of the forest so that they can stand in the midst of scorched earth and the fire will pass around them. That is just a small hint of what your Savior has done for you. We stand on scorched earth where the wrath of God, the fiery wrath of God, has already been poured out upon Him in our place. We stand, therefore, at the foot of the cross on scorched earth. So when the wrath of God comes, it goes around the people of God and will not consume us because that wrath consumed Christ in our place. If God comes into communion with a guilty man, it is absolutely necessary that it be by blood and by the blood of the God-man, Jesus Christ, for only His precious blood could redeem us from our sins. So the blood of Christ is precious because it satisfies God's just wrath. But next, the blood of Christ is precious because it redeems from the curse of the law. Does not Paul say in Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us? You know what this means. That because we are sinners, the law of God and all of its perfection came against us saying, do, 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 and we could not do. Do to be saved. We cannot do to be saved. But the precious blood of Christ frees us from that curse. The debt to the law is discharged and believers are now free because the blood of Christ justifies every believer in Jesus Christ. But also the blood of Christ is precious because it reconciles. Does not Paul tell us in Colossians 1.20, making peace by the blood of his cross. There is now peace between God and the believer because of what Christ has done when he shed his blood on the cross. Children, from time to time you will hear your pastor use the word atonement. And I'm going to tell you how to remember what that means. Get your parent to write out what that means so that you don't forget. Atonement is spelled in a certain way. And if you make a hyphen between at one meant, you have the meaning of atonement. At one meant. Atonement. At one meant. You are actually made now at one with God because Jesus shed his precious blood. You'll never forget what atonement means. It means to me at one with God because Jesus shed his blood. What a wonderful thing. The blood of Christ is precious also because it continually cleanses God's people from their sins. John, we are told in the little epistle, 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The efficacy of the blood of Christ goes on in the lives of believers for time and eternity because you now stand accepted in Christ. And when as a child of God... You sin against the Heavenly Father. Jesus' blood continues to cleanse you from your sin. But that is not all. The blood of Christ is precious because it prevails in heaven. 
Because there, our Savior, who died once for all, has ascended on high and presents before the Father in the very throne room of grace his own blood and righteousness and merit. So we read in Hebrews 9.12, Christ entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. There in heaven... The Lord Jesus Christ presents the efficacy, the merit, the power, the virtue of his own blood for you, believer. Somewhere I remember Spurgeon saying, the wounds of Jesus are so many mouths to plead with God for sinners. They are doors of grace through which the divine love comes to us, his people. That's what Jesus does for us in heaven. I had a friend. His name was Raymond Lamar Swanson. He was a Baptist minister. He was my closest friend. And this minister preached free grace. Let me tell you, he preached grace. I don't know if I've ever heard a man preach so powerfully the sovereign grace of God as did my friend Raymond Swanson, who died at age 42 of a heart attack. And I was one of two ministers to preach my friend's funeral, and I went there And there was a quartet that sang that was asked by the family to sing. And they stood up to sing and we were all waiting. And and, uh, they gathered together and they started to sing their song. And you know what they sang? They sang a song that the words, I'll never forget the words, let my works plead for me. When I go to heaven, let my works plead for me. I could hardly keep my seat. My friend who preached sovereign free grace, let my works plead for me. I couldn't contain, and when I, when I stood to preach, I said, no, 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 no. Pastor Swanson would never say, let my works plead for me. He knew that all of his works, even those produced by the Spirit, were tainted with his own sin and could not plead for him. He would say, let Jesus' work plead for me. Let Jesus' blood plead for me. Let Jesus' sacrifice plead for me. Let what Jesus did on the cross plead for me. And lost sinner, let me tell you, you cannot stand in your own works. You will stand on the day of judgment only if you stand in the perfect righteousness of Christ. And if you are able to say, let Jesus' cross, let Jesus' blood plead for me. We have entrance into heaven. Through Jesus' shed blood. But we must hasten. The blood of Christ is precious because it seals the covenant of grace. So we read in Hebrews 13.20 of the blood of the everlasting covenant. Now in eternity past, the Father, the Father had chosen the people and the Son said, I will die for those people and I will sign the covenant of grace in my own blood. And that covenant of grace is ordered in all things and sure because Jesus, Jesus signs the covenant of grace in the scarlet red of his wondrous, infinitely precious blood. And so it's impossible that he will not receive you if you come to God through Jesus' blood because he will always have regard for his son's blood, infinite regard for his infinitely valuable blood. But let's go on. The blood of Christ is precious because it preserves his people. Do you remember in the book of Exodus, we have the Passover, and in Exodus 12, 13, God says to his people, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. 
You put it on the lintel and on the doorposts. And when the angel of death comes, the angel of death will not take your life because the blood has been applied. So it is that God's people are safe and they are untouched by the angel of death, ultimately speaking. The wrath of God is removed. Death has lost its sting. O grave, where is thy victory? Who can condemn when I am covered in Jesus' blood? No one can condemn when I am covered in Jesus' blood. And when Jesus comes and the earth melts with fervent heat, as we saw in the text last week, God's people are safe because they are under the value of the precious blood of Jesus. But that's not all. The blood of Christ is precious because it sanctifies. Indeed, in this very passage, notice how verses 17 and 18 hang together in 1 Peter 1. Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Now that's the work of the Lord sanctifying and growing his people. See how it's connected to the blood? Knowing that you are ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. In other words, the man who knows that he's under the value of the blood is the man, the woman of the child, who over time gradually comes to understand more and more, I am not my own, I am bought at the price of the shed blood of Christ. I belong to him. How can I sin this way? I'm purchased with Jesus' own blood. And it takes us all the way to heaven. It even takes you through martyrdom. We are told in Revelation 12, 11 of the martyrs, and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and loved not their lives even unto death. The blood of Christ is precious because it sanctifies the soul. But the blood of Christ is precious also because when the blood was shed, it accomplished the purpose for which it was shed. We read in John 10, 11, the goal of the shepherd is to lay down his life for the sheep. That's what the good shepherd does. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And when I was a boy, I used to hear a lot of preaching like this and it's still out there all over the place. Yes, Jesus died for sinners. You must believe in Christ to be saved. All of that is true. But he died for you, and it's possible that he died for you and that you might never come to faith in Christ. You know, that's not what the scriptures teach. I know it's popular, I know it's everywhere, but the scriptures do not so dishonor the blood of Christ that way. The scriptures teach that those chosen of the Father are those for whom he died, and they are the ones that the Holy Spirit draws and will apply the gospel of Christ to their hearts. It doesn't teach double jeopardy. Christ paid the punishment of your sin, and then again, you're going to pay that same price in hell. There is no one in hell for whom Christ was Redeemer. He actually redeemed and saved his people through his shed blood. We call that particular redemption. It's simply what the scriptures teach. There's no double jeopardy. Did he pay the price or didn't he? If he paid the price, then I don't owe it anymore. And if he paid the price, he will, through the Spirit of God, grant me saving faith and draw me to himself. Praise God for grace. So old Toplady says in one of his great hymns, Complete atonement thou hast made, and to the utmost farthing paid, whate'er thy people owed. Nor can his wrath on me take place, if sheltered in thy righteousness and sprinkled with thy blood. 
If Christ died for a people, those people will be saved. But also the blood of Christ is precious because it is costly. Oh, it is so very costly, the blood of Christ. Knowing that you are ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. How precious is the blood of Christ when I contemplate that it is the blood shed by the God-man and he came and shed his blood for me. The blood of Christ is precious also to me because I see there my Savior's love. Do you see your Savior's love there? Because I see my need and how deep it is and that my need is fully met. It is precious to me. Is the blood precious to you? Is the blood precious to you? Is the blood precious to you? Do I have to be in a Baptist church to get a response? (laughs) There are times where it is really appropriate. You'll never know peace until you believe in Christ. You will never know peace with God until you know that long ago all of the sins of his people were laid on the sinless Son of God. And if you think that your sin can be greater than the value of Jesus' blood, you are wrong. His death is completely able to wash away all of your sins. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For all of these reasons, Jesus' blood is precious, and this is the short version. For all of these reasons. I was reading Charles Spurgeon last night, as I often do on Saturday night, Just to warm my heart, I was reading him on Hebrews 9.20. He said, the blood of Christ is the ruby, listen to this, the blood of Christ is the ruby gem of the ring of love. Fourth point. Since the blood of Christ is precious, defend it, church of God, against cheap substitutes and tell it out. Defend it against cheap substitutes. We live in a strange day when people rejoice in vagueness. They don't want careful definition. They view creeds and confessions as expressions of Christian experience that always changes rather than foundational truths taken from the Word of God. Your pastor is just one of those old-fashioned Calvinists. I am really happy with the theology of the Westminster Confession and Catechisms. Why? Because it's true. We don't need a new confession. We don't need new catechisms. We don't need a new system of doctrine. The old is true. And now we have all kinds of things entering into the church. We have the insider movement, for example. So that translators in some Islamic countries, not people like Waller Tab and Wycliffe, but others are actually translating in ways that, that soften what the Bible says about Jesus being the Son of God. 
when they translate for Islamic cultures. They're actually calling it Chrislam. Can you think of anything more demeaning to the blood of Christ? Let the imam come in, let him teach in your Christian congregation, then let the Christian teacher teach, and you, you Muslims and Christians can all be one big happy family. No, 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 no. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Those sorts of things deny the preciousness of the blood of Christ. Or old heresies on the atonement. You think these things are long gone and dead, they creep up again. Uh, The moral influence view of the atonement, the governmental theory of the atonement. Basically, the atonement is not substitutionary, they tell us. It's not the appeasement of wrath. It's not paying a penalty. It's simply... It's simply moving us as we contemplate it to be better people. And that's in many a church that calls itself evangelical. There's an old illustration by James Denny, and I'm not saying Denny understood all of these things as he should have, but the illustration's good. He's sitting at the end of a pier, and uh, someone comes and he jumps off the end of the pier and he drowns. Why did he do it? In order to show the man sitting at the end of the pier that he's loved. Well, the man might be very much in need of love, but tell me, how did that show the man sitting at the end of the pier that he was loved? But if the man is sitting at the end of the pier and he falls into the water and he's drowning and a man comes and he jumps in and he saves him, sacrificing his own life, then the man knows he was loved and he will say, greater greater love hath no man than this. You know that you're loved people of God, not simply because there's this amorphous, vague view of Christ dying on the cross, whatever that might mean. You know that you're loved because you were a sinner under the wrath of God, and Jesus came and took that wrath for you and removed your condemnation. That's how you know that you are loved with an infinite, eternal, and unchangeable love. For God demonstrates his own love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so... Defend this this truth against all substitutes and then tell it out because there is no hope for a lost sinner apart from the blood of Christ. Well, you say, I'm not good at telling it out. Can't you say the blood of Jesus is precious? You know, that's a great start. That's really all you need to say to your lost friend. The blood of Jesus is precious. The blood of Jesus can pardon sinners no matter how deep they are in their sin. Illustration that I read that's vague in my mind, but I remember enough of it to tell it. There was an officer at Gibraltar, 19th century, in the rocky caverns with all of the rocky crevices. And it uh, came for there to be that portion of the night when the officer would come up to the man and the man would give, um, would give the, the password for the night. And there was another man over here. This man over here, way down the way, is, is struck in his conscience by his sin and he doesn't know what to do about it. This first man is a believer and he's contemplating the precious blood of Christ. So his officer comes up to him. He's been so lost in his thoughts about the precious blood of Christ that he gives us the password, the precious blood of Christ. Then he corrects himself quickly. But going through all the rocky caverns and crevices to this man over here who is under guilt in his conscience, there comes this echo through the rocks, the precious blood of Christ, the precious blood of Christ, the precious blood of Christ. He hears it and he's saved from his sins. 
That man, so I was told, actually became one who helped to finish one of the translations of the Bible for Hindus in India. All he heard was the precious blood of Christ. Who knows what the Lord will do with some track you leave, some word you give, some simple statement of faith in Christ, some scripture verse quoted. You don't have to be good at it. It's the Holy Spirit who's good at it. It's the Holy Spirit that saves, not you. You just take the message. That's our command. Just take the message. So tell it out. You know, there's no plea but the blood, Jesus' blood and nothing else. So if you are here today and you see within your heart, I'm dirty, I'm naked, I'm undone in the presence of an almighty and righteous God, come with your dirt. He'll wash you. Come naked. He will clothe you in the righteousness of Christ. He cleanses sinners from their sins. The blood of Christ is precious. Remember, not only precious to us, but it is incalculably blessed and precious to the Father. And he turns no one away who comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. So that we may sing with old Cooper, Ere since by faith I saw the stream thy flowing wound supply, redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. That's the precious blood of Jesus, people of God. And as we come to the table of the Lord this morning, what better to contemplate as you take the bread and you take the cup than the precious blood of Jesus that has removed God's wrath, has saved me from condemnation, and keeps me for time and for eternity. And God's people said...